Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. And football is back. We've just had a preseason game against Walsall. It came out as 4 0 victors. Myself and Paddy were enthralled with the game and seeing two different sides come out for each, for free half. And we said, you know what? Up on, we'll have a chat about it because uh, it's uh, it feels like actually it was only about six or seven weeks ago that we were chatting about about Villa, uh, specifically about a Villa game. And um, you know, we've been. It just seems like it's come around so quickly again. It's and and, and long may it continue because there's a long season there. Yeah, it's good to have it back. Um, kind of been watching football that we haven't really been interested in all summer, <laughs> so yeah. it's good. It's good to have uh, Villa back. It was it was exciting tonight to be able to sit down and watch watch the team sheet coming in, and you know, um, of course, before we start, I hope Dean Smith and everybody he's isolating with is okay. Um, we found out before the game that he's he's isolating with his family, so they've had their uh, fair fill of COVID now in that family, so. Fingers crossed and touch wood, everything is okay there. Yeah, that's actually a great point. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the news broke and um, he wasn't on the sideline tonight, but uh, we do send our regards to him if, if there is any, if any of them actually have it or if they're close contact, it's unknown just yet. Uh, but we do send our, our, our regards to him and hopefully we see Dean Smith back in the dugout very, very soon. But Absolutely. in his absence, the team uh, went out and... Uh, and it performed pretty well, I suppose, really. I know it was up against the Walsall team that, uh, with you, I don't think after the first 10 minutes, they didn't really look too interested in doing anything in the game, to be honest with you. They were there to allow us to run around and um, and, and and do our thing with the ball. And they looked like they were just right, willing to chase us to get a small bit of fitness up. But um, it was interesting, I think, that Craig Shakespeare, who picked and coached the team tonight and went to two different sides for uh for each half obviously the first half started with steer and goals then you had cash Kanza, seb revan 
who is a lot taller than I remember. Um, <laughs> I don't remember him being that tall uh, during the uh, during the during the youth cup. Uh, Ashley Young, then the returning Ashley Young, great to see him bombing up and down that left wing, even if it was from the left back position. You had Jacob Ramsey in the camber and in a more reserved role back playing as two number sixes. Um, Buendia then uh, also played in the played played. Um, in midfield, and we will talk about him. Carney also played with El Ghazi and Watkins, then further forward. So it looked like, it looked to me like, oh, kind of looked like, to, looked to me that because of the positionless nature that Bendia was given, that Carney Chukmueka was kind of told, wherever he isn't, you should be, you know, and that was something that kind of happened in that situation. But uh, talk to me about about how you felt we set up for the first half. Uh, was there any, uh, I suppose, massive standouts for you there? Obviously, apart from the two fantastic balls that Buendia played through. Yeah, um, he obviously stood out. He stood out like a, a sore thumb. I think. I think over the ninety minutes, he was probably the best player on the park. Mm. He was just. He's just a joy to watch, and I just can't wait to, for the season to begin now and see where he fits in and having everybody back and having having a good go at uh, at the Premier League this year. Um, I suppose the only thing that disappointed me uh, a little bit was the fact that Carney was kind of. It, it, I won't say jobless, but he just couldn't. He find it very hard to get into the game. I thought, um, because he was a little bit isolated out on the right. But you know that that's always going to be that way. If you've got a pin, pigeonhole him in somewhere, it's very hard to pigeonhole him in when the, one of the the biggest signings we'll make this summer is is sitting in his position. But uh, you know, he he put the shift in and and did as well as he could. But um, yeah, some some specifically in the first half, I thought some very good performances there. Yeah, as I say, well, I, I was looking forward to see how the back four would. I thought they'd be tested a small bit more. Barrett, Jed Steer going walkabout at one stage and uh, and nearly <laughs> gifting them a goal early on. Yeah. I thought that you know that back four had barely anything to do. I was hoping that we would see maybe some crosses come in where Seb Rever might be tested to see what he's made of. But very very quiet first half for him wasn't needed. I thought the Camba was uh, was almost unleashed. In, in certain parts of that first half, you know, he took yeah. the ball forward. He was given a lot more of a freer reign. Obviously, you've got to adjust for the opposition that we were playing against, but he was given a lot freer reign. I thought Jacob Ramsey was really, really, really good in that first half. I think that's one of the best I've seen him play. He was a lot more withdrawn. He was playing in a in a deeper role. And I think it suited him. I think he. I think the shackles were off him a small bit because he didn't need to create an awful lot. Got up around the box, had a couple of shots, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I thought he played pretty well. What did you make of Jacob Ramsey before we go on up towards the the, the, the more high-powered high um, forwards? Yeah, yeah he, he, looked, he, he looked, I don't want to say he looked taller, but he, he looked different, whether he's bulked up or, or whatever. He, he looked like he was a bigger frame of a man. Um, very very early on in the game, he pinged the ball up to Kearney as well. And I went, who is that? Because we're all wearing different numbers and, yeah. you know, it was a great old commentary between uh, uh, Mark Regan and, and Brian Little. Yeah. It, was, it was lovely to watch or listen to, I should say. But uh, he pinged he pinged the ball forty yards up to up to Kearney at one stage. I was like, "Wow, was that him?" Or who I was, I actually thought it was Kearney the first time um, mm -hmm. until he actually showed a replay of it. But um, you know, the, like we're talking about bringing players, bringing players. We we have an abundance of talent there in the youth setup that can that can step up if needed. We've seen him do it. We've seen Carney do it. Um, we've seen him, him do it more often than anyone else. So, you know, if he's bulked up, 
if he's at one stage he bullied a fella off the ball and I was like, oh, there you go. And he was, that's, that's exactly it, Paddy. He was doing yeah. that at the end of last season as well. He was. He was. He wasn't yeah. afraid to hit his belts or shoulders. I thought it was like a GA game there at some stages, <laughs> you know, like a rugby match. Sometimes the the was hitting people at four last season. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah, he did that a couple of times. Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping that's the case that he's been working hard on on it on his upper body, um, and he'll become better at shielding the ball instead of being pushed. I'm I'm being a bit unfair now, but a couple of times he was being pushed, bullied off the ball. We'll say, um, at certain st- stages when he stepped up to the to the Premier League side, but um, as you say, the end of last season and today he just he, he didn't take any crap off anybody. He just got stuck in. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I thought he complimented the Campbell in midfield very well. I thought he complimented yeah. Bundia. At times, gosh, at times there we were playing a flat a flat midfield three. And Bundia was coming back. He was going forward. And we will move up to talk about that front four, if you really want to call mm. it. I really don't. Even, I, 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 it was positions for at times between Kearney and, and Bundia. Um, both I thought played okay. Kearney was a bit subdued, but look, he's a 18 year old kid, you know, like what do we expect? 17 year old kid, what are we expecting from him? But uh, we'll talk a small bit about um, Emmy Buendia first. Emmy Buendia is a narky, ratty little man, and I absolutely love it. Did you see him? It was about four times in the first 15 minutes where he was absolutely incredulously looking at the ref, going, Give me a free, you know, he's just a competitive yeah. spirit. Comes out, you can see why he was. He you know, he was fond of a red card at, at Norwich. I could see him if the if the stakes were a bit higher, I could see him having a lash out for some of the yeah. niggas that he gets. Um he's a bit of a nuisance in around the box. He you know, he came up for penalties in the first preseason game, fifteen minutes in, you know. Mm. That's what we're getting. And you know, maybe that's maybe we've been too nice as a team for stuff like that because Oh, the, absolutely. Yeah. He's like I totally, like I totally he, agree that we've been too nice. So it, <laughs> it is it is quite refreshing to have somebody other than Jack arguing with the referee mm. like he stood there at one stage with his boot in his hand yeah and he looked at the referee to say you know do you think i kicked this off myself <laughs> you know so the, the camera angle you know pre-season there's only one camera and um, there was no zoom in to see exactly what happened but there's no doubt that somebody stood on the back of his foot when he's trying to play the ball so yeah. it was a coming together of bodies but he lost his boot and you don't just lose your boot by, by trying to play the ball yourself so you could see why he was complaining but in fairness the referee was in pre-season let the game go which which he did on a number of occasions as well but uh, I think everybody is just going to look at those two passes now bear in mind the opposition as well you know we, we, we won't have that freedom of having those two centre halves leaving Ollie Watkins on his own. You won't get yeah, that. Yeah, Watkins, usually we talk about Watkins' movement up there. And we've spoken about it against top notch defenders. Mm. You know, he turned Virgil van Dyke into ribbons before he got injured and, you know, yeah. ran in, in, in amongst some of the best defenders in the world. He didn't need to do too much for those two, like the two defenders had a clue what, what how to, how to, uh, where their spacing was, should I say? Exactly. And uh, yeah. but take nothing away from those passes; they were still oh, thirty-five, yeah. forty-yard passes on the floor. One left foot, one right foot. If you've got that space, you utilize it and you pick your pick your spot. There were just two mm. <laughs> incredible passes, and and there was I think it was the second one when he passed it. I think it was a bigger cheer. For Watkins picking up the ball off that pass than there was for the goal itself, you just knew it was going to be a goal straight away. Yeah, and yeah. Um, like like that was a beauty of a pass. Now look, 
defender couldn't get his feet settled at all or sorted at all, and he was he was in the wrong position because the spacing was all over the place. But uh, you know, it was just it's led to be perfectly played. You know, he put it right in his toe, and he didn't have to yeah. break stride, and he just took it past uh, in, into space and just slotted it with his right foot past the past the defender. Mm. It was a really really good goal. First one was uh, was another great breaking pass as well from him. Like we'll see this an awful lot from Emmy Buendia. I'm going to continually speak about this until I'm until I see otherwise. So be prepared for the broken record for over over preseason until I see otherwise. Dean Smith doesn't want to play with a ten. I'm going to say it. He doesn't want to play with a ten. He wants to put someone in that position, yeah, but he doesn't want someone to play as a traditional ten. So um, I'm not banking that we're going to sign that attacking central midfielder because I think he's just going to want players to get into that position regardless of whether that traditional number 10. Um, what we saw from from Emmy Buendia today and what we saw from Ross Barkley were two completely different performances. Completely yeah. different performances. And I think I think the Craig Shakespeare, Dean Smith, um, brain trust here are okay with that. And I think later on in the second half of the season, they wanted Ross Barkley to come back into more into midfield so they could play those three true balls to Watkins a small bit more. Like we're, I'm not going to say like we're played there because there were two exquisite passes. You kind of get what I, mean, what I mean. Too often last season, we got the ball into the final third. We went about crossing the ball and we just had Watkins in the box. We were crossing yeah. the ball from the byline. We just had Watkins in the box and our attacks broke down. I read a statistic somewhere that in the top half of the table or where we finished, we had the most attacks break down in the final third of any team. I remember reading at one stage and you can see that maybe Wally Watkins has a completely different gear in him if you play those mm. through balls through the centre. We but very like, rarely played through the centre. We sat here last season and, and spoke about us crossing the ball into the box for, for, for near enough the whole second half. Burnley. Burnley, <laughs> yeah, definitely Burnley. Um, there was another one, was it maybe Brighton? That we struggled to break them down is, is exactly the same, and they were just mopping them up all day and laughing at us. So to have another string to the bow is absolutely fantastic. So um this guy has a bit of magic in his boots, you know. He he's there's potential there for him to be the new magic man, so uh and take the pressure off Jack, and that's exactly mm. what we need. Um so look forward to seeing him playing a full tilt in with with whatever our first choice eleven is when when it comes around to playing Watford, but uh, you can be sure of it that he he's going to be the first one of the first names on the team sheet. Absolutely, absolutely. And what I liked about that's the, those four strikers. Look, Amar guys didn't do much. Like he didn't have a bad game. He just didn't do much. Um, mm. he ran around a good bit. He got to the back post actually for a lovely cross from Maddie Cash. Got to the back post yeah. and and uh, he was dangerous. Keeper tipped it around the post. Um, from that one, but. What I really liked about the striking um, quartet, I suppose we called them in the first half, was see what Ali Watkins did. Another another big thing was, and maybe he's worked on it. Maybe the, maybe being in around the England team, being able to, to to get all the practice under his belt in the you know coming up to the Euros and stuff like that has given him uh, maybe some tips and tricks. But some of those finishes tonight, the first one, yeah, the first one was a bit of a deflection. The second one, he, that would have been saved last year because he wasn't very good at one on ones. You know, mm. he was more of an instinctual striker and uh, some of his goals were very good last year, but he did miss some one-on-ones as well, you know, so yeah. that's another great, st- great thing for him to have a uh, great bit of confidence, a couple of more of those now to come in pre-season, then we'll all be laughing, I think, uh, because he's a 20-goal-a-season striker. He's just a proper pro. And yeah. um, 
you know, he just wants to score goals. You can see it by him. And and I still say it. I said it last season as well. He's not he's not happy to have missed a shot. He's annoyed to have missed a shot. So you never see him going, oh, my God, I was so close there. You'll always see him going, why the hell didn't I score there? So he's he's very self-critical as well, which I think is important. And it shows a rootlessness in his game. Um, and long may it continue for him too. Um, so that was first half. Yeah. Uh, eventful first half, but really was two goals, two fantastic passes, and uh, Ashley Young had had one for a all the way up the left wing and got a free. But I think the thirty six year old legs gave out about ten <laughs> yards away from the byline as he was going to kind of whip one in. But uh, we move on to the second half, and the second half team was um, was well, more confused, changed. didn't they? <laughs> yeah, and, they really did. They I... named uh, two goalkeepers and five subs on the bench at the start, and I was scratching my head, going, "Where is everybody at?" Yeah. And then, of course, you're putting two and two together and getting that Dean Smith is isolating or the rest of them mm. isolating. Have we got a new breakout? I saw a couple of comments on Twitter because of that. But look, it was uh, it was all under control. Absolutely. <laughs> it was always the second half. Second half, saw Jed Steer come back in in goals. We had Freddie Gulbert, uh, Lamar Bogart. Uh, a lot of trust putting him to play centre half as well, just like Seb Revan in the first in, in the first yeah. half was partnered by Courtney House, our boy, absolutely love him. Ben Crisen um came in and uh, I, th- I thought he was quite lively at left back. I thought he played very well. Aaron Ramsey, Jacob's brother, would we'll, you know, we'll talk about him again later on. Connor Horan getting some minutes and getting some um getting some minutes under his belt after coming back from from Swansea. John McGinn also played, and then we had we had uh, Keenan Davis, Wesley, and Jaden Philogene Bidet then up front. Talk to me about that setup, Paddy. Was there anything that really changed for us in the second half? Did uh, well, for for a long period it, it appeared to be a four four two as opposed mm. to our a regular 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 or whatever whatever we have done in the past. Um, I think it kind of broke down early on because uh, poor old Keenan got injured, as only Keenan could do after something like 50 seconds of the second half trying to uh, take the ball back inside on the end line. And I don't know whether he got caught or what happened again, the camera so far away. It was hard to see. Um, but he seemed to run it off, um, linked up well for the the third goal I'm gonna say it was between himself yeah, Wesley well. and himself Wesley and then on to um Jaden Philogene Bedes. Um and I think after that goal we we just kind of sat back a little bit. We were we didn't seem to have the same attacking impetus as we had had throughout the yeah. first half and the first 15 minutes of the second half. So uh that's why I thought the first half was a lot more intense and there was a lot more pressure put on from the team that we had out. Um, and that's no slight on these guys. Um, you know, there was there was a few standout ones in there. Um, I thought Aaron Ramsey was great. I thought it was great to see him playing. Uh, ben Crescene, as you said. Um, big shout out to Bogarde. I, I thought he looked really, really comfortable. He looked like a rifle of Tyrone Mings at the time, just stroking Absolute the ball player. around. And you could actually hear him roaring at one stage. And it was like, okay, have we got another leader here ready to to step into the fray? Maybe we have. Um, I'm convinced he, that I'm convinced the only reason that he's been converted to centre-back at youth level is to play him as a defensive midfielder. He's got all, like, he, he's just, he athletically, he's definitely all there as well. And super yeah. exciting guy. Absolutely. Comes from great stock and a super, um, well, Great, great athletic stock. Maybe somebody who didn't have the best <laughs> attitude at times, but uh, uh, you know, he, he's 
that really, really impressed him today. Playing at that level, that could be somewhere, could go out and loan even at 17 years of age and go out on loan to that level and rip Possibly. it up, yeah. you know, in League yeah. 1, League 2. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's probably what will happen at an age like that. Um, but look, it was, I'm not, I'm not saying it was an inferior performance, it was just less than the first half. Um, mm. Top McGinn was, as usual, best rolling people across his arse a couple of times and giving the crowd something to cheer about. Um, Connor probably didn't get into the game as much as he would have liked. Um, you know, a couple of tight, intricate passes, a couple of crosses, set pieces, corners, whatever. Um, but other than that, didn't see much of him. And I don't think we're going to see too much more of him as, as preseason mm. rolls on. I think somebody may come in for him, um, which doesn't give me any pleasure to say because, you know, we're all big fans of Connor here. And yeah. he, he uh, left us with very many memories if he does move on. But uh, I fear that might be the one of the, one of the last ones we see we see him play, and then I'm sure you're going to talk about Aaron Ramsey because you know, I think it was I actually got it wrong because uh, at halftime, uh, the uh, Mark Regan said, and there's one change or the, the only position that hadn't changed was that the goalkeeper came back over to say now, and I was going, what are you talking about? Ramsey's still there, and Stephen said to me, no, that's the younger brother, and I was like, all right, okay, yeah. <laughs> 18-year-old Aaron Ramsey and what a goal it was as well. And, you know, I think it was nearly the, the lack of celebration after the goal as well that almost impressed me in my in my older age, should I say, my commodionary kind of um, reaction to that. But Aaron Ramsey yeah. gets the ball in a pre-season in, in, in the Bank Stadium, you know, a pre-season friendly that we nearly play every single year. It would be kind of a traditional pre-season friendly. So it Maybe he's been there to see Aston Villa a couple of times and now he's getting the opportunity to do it. And about 15 minutes after coming on, after after the start of the second half, he picks up the ball on the edge of the box and he just puts in a fantastic shot into the near post and the goalkeeper can't get to it. And he just walks away as if, yeah, right, that's my job. That's what I do. I get paid to do this. And yeah. Yeah, I do this for fun, you know, I do this for fun. And mm. I was going, this guy is, like, it's very, very easy to get hyped up and get over the top of players in preseason. We've all done it before. I'll never forget one of the first preseason games I ever saw as a Villa, uh, or first preseasons I ever kind of watched a lot of games for as a Villa fan, uh, Stephen Cook. Remember him? Back in the, I'm going to say, 99, maybe 2000, in around that area, he absolutely lit up some um, some academy games and he got, got some minutes in preseason. You know, I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was going to be better than Stephen Davis. And then Stephen Davis turns out to be a much, much better player as the years go on. So, But yeah. look, this guy, it's not just us that think that he's going to be something special. He's been in around the England squads, youth squads, underage squads, and things like that. And there's very, very high hopes for him in their own body more heat too. So, and and you know, the, scary, the scary thing about, about this, we, we've talked about the two Ramses and, and, and how an amazing talent we may have in our hands. Yet, if you talk to people, they have a younger brother in the youth setup yeah. as well, and he's supposed to be even better again. So keep that. I had his name written coming. down. <laughs> had his name written down somewhere. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it, look, it'd be great. Wouldn't it be amazing? There's very few teams I could imagine have had three brothers playing the same team at the same time. So uh, yeah. let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Let's do it. If we're asking Villa, we do what we want. And that's what the. That's yeah. that. That's the way the chant goes. But um, no, look, I think what a goal it was, and 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 he looks like he's all action when he's out there as well. Probably needs to fill out a small 
most 18 year olds do you know Wayne Rooney when he comes along at once in a generation and and uh, maybe yeah. we have that guy that's fully formed in Kearney Chukmueka already but look we'll take Darren Ramsey's every day of the week if they keep on putting balls in the back of the net like that so fair play to him I thought he was really good other couple of standouts are not standouts but other people I, I thought were um I, th- I think Ben Crescent is a very professional footballer, if that makes sense. I think he, made, you know, he didn't make too many mistakes down there, got up and down the line. I think he understands there's an opportunity that Ashley Young, as much and all as, as, as we would like and he would like, he ain't going to play forever. You know, at 36 years of age, I think he's probably here for a year, two years max, and then it's going to be, look, who's going to be the understudy to Matt Target or, or maybe overtake him in that position. And, and there's guys there that know that, the likes of Seb Revan, which was interesting seeing centre half considering he was left back for um, for for some some parts of the academy uh, season last season. But yeah. um, Ben Christina, I thought, was very good. Obviously, has senior football experience with Exeter previously. Um, another young kid won the, um, won the FAU Cup, but I think that he could be somebody that could, you know, we could be talking about in a couple of years' time that's in around the squads too. You know, it was interesting that people like him were favoured over the likes of Ken Kessler, and there was also guys there that, you know, would have been mainstays in the youth squad, um, like like Ricky, um, Brad Young, Louis Barry. Louis Barry. Yeah. You know, even, even Terry Kreit, who was named on the bench, but was out on loan. Uh, last season and didn't really get what well, didn't get any sniff of it, you know, tonight. So um be really interesting. I'm gonna it's 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 gonna be super interesting preseason because we do have all these youth, youth players that we want to get a glimpse of, we want to get a look at and uh we're probably gonna get a look at quite a lot of them over this preseason as we're kind of trying to ease back in the likes of Emmy, Tyrone Mings, Jack Grealish and a few more and whatever signings we bring in between now and the start of the season. Yeah. Well, that's it's all it's all about tinkering with, with what we have now and getting minutes on the clock for for the players that we have. You know, especially those returning players when they come in, which would which will be kind of rushed. We're probably not going to see our internationals. You know, it, it is kind of unusual to see John McGinn back so eager and fresh. Um, I think the memory serves me correct. Somebody else came back early as well. Um, on by themselves of their own accord that they come back early. I can't remember who it was. And uh, I presume in the next week to 10 days, we're going to see Tyrone and Jack back in. And uh, the big six million, the 60 million, 100 million dollar question is, uh, yeah. is Jack going to sign a new contract? So we'll, we'll, this will all become apparent over the next few weeks. But uh, it's going to be a really interesting few weeks on the pitch and off the pitch. Jesus, don't be saying Jack won't sign a contract. It drove my dog mad. Did you hear him? <laughs> And I'll set him on you. I'll set him on Jack as well if he decides he's going to leave Jack too. Jack is signing um, a new contract. It's just Jack is signing Jack, Sorry, it's Jack is staying. Whether he needs to sign a new contract is the is the big yeah. question. But Jack is staying. Yeah, absolutely. We kidnap him. If not, you're um, going to find me in, in a dark corner drinking copious <laughs> amounts of probably whiskey. You can't, can't do it twice to us, Paddy. You can't listen to the 1980s love songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I could just imagine. Actually, you think you're listening to nineties love love songs? It'd be like that uh, that Eminem song, "Stand, Dear Jack." I wrote to you again today. You wouldn't even. Bother. <laughs> I can imagine that that would be you. We would have to rewrite that song with the lyrics as you writing the letters to um, the, the letters in that song, "Stand." Um, but yeah, look. Hopefully, that'll be sorted out in the next. I I, I think I think pretty sharpish after he comes back. We we'll know yeah or nay on that one. 
You know, yeah. I think I don't think Villa want to drag him. It's not something out. I'm worried about at all. Not in the slightest. I'm not too worried either. No, no, yeah. I'm I'm more on the side he's going to sign um, yeah. and protect his value for Aston Villa because I don't think he's going to be one of these people yeah. that's going to go. Yeah, I'm going to sign, but I'm going to sign with a forty million uh, clause so that we get yeah. fuck all for him at the end of it. You know, you know he'll be he'll be immensely paid well when if a new contract was signed. Um, he doesn't walk away thinking what might have been if he'd have stayed with the club that he loves gone into such a huge um let's call it you know it, it's a big it's a big uh it's a big season for the management it's a big season for the whole setup and he's a huge cog on that wheel that needs to be nurtured and maintained and you know hopefully we'll have the, the amount of players in there be able to give him a rest from time to time and take him off and let him let him let him sulk about not playing the full ninety minutes like he did one one of the games, um. But you know, he needs it. He he needs to stay with us. That's that's always been my opinion, and you know, speaking as a fan, if you if you're being paid the way he's being paid, the only thing that's gonna you're gonna want to do is, and I said it before, is getting Villa into the Champions League as good as winning any medal, other than maybe a Champions League medal with with uh. Manchester mm. City because there's really no other buyers in the market there at this stage there's nobody left so I think they need a striker more than they need Jack so I don't envisage that they're going to put as much pressure on to try and sell him Yeah, do you know what I'm not going to disagree with anything there I think that they would prefer not to have to play Sterling up front as much as maybe they have previously, yes they've got Ferran Torres yes they've got Gabriel Jesus they're talking that they're Probably they're open to get rid of Gabriel, getting rid of Gabriel Jesus if it means getting in Harry Kane. So we let mm. them fight it out with Spurs, and you know, as they say, does Jack Grealish want to go? And uh, who was it? I think it might have been Stan Collymore made a great point that they broke their transfer record for Riyad Mahrez, and then Riyad Mahrez only went on to play twenty five games or something like that in his first season for Man City. You know, yeah, so. Crazy. Even though they will splash big, big bucks on you, you won't get to play 38 games. And if Jack Grealish wants to get into the England squad, maybe he gets maybe he gets into the England squad. Maybe it's more credibility. Maybe the ghosts of not having, not taking a player on their merits are still in around the FA corridors. But um, I'd like to think that that's not why Gareth Southgate is doing it. And obviously the, there's, a, there's a lot of precedent there as well. Why would Calvin Phillips be getting uh, all those minutes at centre at central midfield, same as Declan Rice, you know? So I don't really buy into that. I think that it hinders him no, in a I lot don't, of I don't, I don't believe that's an issue. You, you've only got to look at Phil Foden left out, left out of the England team. Yeah, the that's, that's true, yeah. You know, and I'm sure from Jack's point of view, he, he's got an opportunity to be yet again the biggest player for for the club that he loves, or he can go and sit on the bench for maybe a third of the season for Manchester City and be a big part player. So for me, it would be a no brainer. Um, I I worry about agents because you just don't know what, what agents have up their sleeve yeah. or what they're trying. And, and that's I don't that's know, what this I don't seems know like, much about know. Jack's agent, but Jack's agent did did uh, turn his head and make him play for England over the Republic of Ireland, and we're not going to go rake over them coals anymore. So I'm hoping, and yeah, you know, I'm not. I'm. I'm actually not hoping. I'm expecting that Jack will come back full tilt for us next season, and probably a new contract. You know I'm going to say this again in the next podcast, and the one after, and the one after. Until he signs it, we'll emotionally blackmail him into signing. Well, yeah. I think you when, know when, what, he, when he signs it, Neil, I think it'll be time to open a can and have a little bit of a celebration. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I have a twenty-five. <laughs> I have a bottle of twenty-five-year-old begging whiskey below. I think that will get a fair frightening that night if he signs a new contract. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, there could be another whiskey podcast again. But uh, as I said, there you go, Jack. If you want to hear us, hear me talk. App talk ninety-nine percent more shite than I normally do with a bottle of whiskey inside me. Then sign your contract, and I'll do it. I'll do it. Like there's no problem. <laughs> I'll make a fool of myself. It's one of my favorite things to do. But anyway. It's uh, Paddy said he's going to sign anyway, so that's always good news. And let's finish the podcast on that very, very high note. Villa are back, guys. We're going to come back with uh, with uh, post match podcasts and all the preseason stuff. Do you know what? We might even fire up team sheet tantrum uh, for the next one. Or I suppose definitely for the last few uh, preseason games, as the team begins to kind of settle down slightly. You know, with a game like this tonight, you just had no idea it was a case of. You know, throw numbers up into the air and see what ones what hits the ground first as to who was going to start. It was, uh, there would have been a lot of conversation, but then again, we would have needed to do another team sheet tantrum at half time. So, well, these yeah. fitness games at the start is not really much benefit in it, but we would be coming back probably with a team sheet tantrum for maybe the last last two, maybe the last three games as the team begins to settle down when our returning heroes from the Copa America and from um, European Championships come back into the squad again. So, thanks very much, everybody, for everything you do. Um, really, really appreciate all the listens, all the likes. Please, if you could, could you please subscribe? Even if you don't watch us on YouTube, could you please subscribe to us on YouTube? We just have a personal goal. It's a complete another vanity project. We just want to get to a thousand followers on you, a thousand subscribers on YouTube before the season starts. If nothing else, you make two guys uh, over here in Ireland who are way too old to be on the internet a bit happy. You know, it makes more than a bit happy. We'd be very happy. Not as happy as if Jack signs. So um, if you even if you don't watch YouTube, just click on subscribe. It's not going to kill you. It doesn't cost you anything. It's not an actual subscription. It's literally just you saying, the boys are sound. I'll do them a bit of a solid. That's all it is. Um, so if you could do that, that would be lovely. We don't ask for much, but we do ask for that. And um, we do appreciate everything that you do. On a more serious note, we do appreciate everything you do for the podcast, all the shares, all the likes, all the interaction on social media. Keep them coming. And uh, try to get back as, to as much as we can. We've got a couple of transfer podcasts coming out over the next few days as well. So, hope you're going to enjoy those. So, uh, as always, you can catch Paddy on at Villa Paddy. You can catch me on at Love McGrath Pod. 4 0 win to start the season with a, an abundance of players used in this, uh, in these, this, these pre season friendly this, 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 today, this evening. I'm all tongue tied. It's too warm here. But I suppose, uh, it's a great start to the season. Hopefully, Dean Smith gets better and we see him back in the in the dugout. Well, I don't even know if he got to get better. Hopefully, he gets cleared from whatever the situation is. And uh, we see him back in the dugout sooner rather than later. And until then, all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. So, it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? <laughs> Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.